Hey folks, in this episode, we praise Wizards of the Coast and their open gaming license. Please note that this episode was recorded before the recent controversy of them trying to change that open gaming license. Please listen with that context in mind. Current Plays stands with creators and supports the open D&D movement. Now enjoy the show. You're listening to the Current Plays Podcast. Episode 5, Root. Now please welcome our hosts, Jordan and Thomas. And welcome back, faithful listeners. This is your co-host, Jordan, and I'm joined by... Hey folks, Thomas here. So Thomas, what, uh, what have you been up to this week? Yeah, I I actually had a uh, pretty productive week as far as uh, board gaming has been. Oh, that's good because I have not. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I mean, so we we spoke. I was either the last episode, a few episodes uh, uh, ago, and and I was busy, so I didn't have stuff. And I said, but I'm looking forward to uh, one of the ones I had listed was uh, Hadrian's Wall. Hmm. Um, so purchased that game, uh, I don't know, a few a month ago, a few months ago or whatever. And I've, I've been excited to do it cause it's a, it's got a decent, uh, solo mode in it. Right. So I was really excited to try that. Well, I got to the table and I love this game. Like this game is like, I, I just, as soon as I started, uh, to play it, I was like, this is like one of my favorite games already. It, it, oh. it like skyrocketed to the top. I gave it a 10 on BGG already. Like it's, it's that good. And, and for me, like a, puzzles is a big, uh, is a big thing. Like solving a, uh, a puzzle, right? We, we, we spoke how you gave me that cipher and I had to crack it. Right. This yep. game is a puzzle, right? I'm not talking jigsaw puzzle. I'm talking like you got to fi- figure out <laughs> how to be productive here and, 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 uh, uh, to do well. Right. So yeah, the Hadrian's wall. Okay. So you, you basically are building Hadrian's wall, which is an ancient, uh, Rome, wall in uh is like uh like the, the province of Britannica uh to 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 keep out the picks from getting into into you know Roman territory right uh so cool neat neat flavor actually one of the things I want to bring up too is um so you, you have these various different workers you have uh soldiers and builders and and um uh servants and citizens i believe the the are the different types right um they do a good job of saying you know servants okay uh and it, you, it, at, at first thought yeah you think okay uh you know i, I think to that uh the five tribes ga- game and and it lists uh, some of the some of the the cards that you use, I, I forget what years for years. Yeah, I think in an earlier printing they had called them slaves, uh, and then they took that out and reprinted it as for years. Right. Um, this book does a good job. It, it it gets in your face right away, and it says, "Hey, by the way, it's important to know that in these ancient times, slavery was a thing. Thirty percent of their working population was." through slavery uh and so we we want to remember that you know these folks that were forced into slavery like we don't want to forget that that stuff happened it happened 
and it would be a disservice to to forget them right uh but then they they you know they so they do this blurb which is beautiful and then they they call them servants in in the game which is nice not to throw the the uh, uh i guess word in your face that these are your your slaves that you're working with in the game so i, I think they right. they did a really good job of doing it that way right um, yeah that's now, cool yeah, I, I thought I thought that was neat, and I, and I don't want to get too much into the um, to explaining this game because I think we will definitely renew it. I'm going to get you to play it and see what you think, and then when you're like, I don't like this game, I can be like, I love it so much, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, it's just a really neat puzzle. You start off with these uh, these workers and and your resources. And then you you sit there and you you figure out what to do based on these two, you know, paper sheets that are your your player board, right? And so yeah, you showed me that booklet of of sheets, it, and then you're like, <laughs> what, "What did you say? Oh yeah, we'll play it twice, and then you know, it'll never <laughs> use all these." And then you came over for game night, and you're like, "Yeah, I've played it like a hundred times already." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And I and so I take them out, I rip them out, and I've scribbled all over them. And then I just been like tossing them on my game room floor. So like the floor <laughs> is papered with all these different games of Hadrian's Wall, right? Um, but it makes me like I'm I will clean them up. Of course, I'll clean them up. But it makes me feel good, like, oh, look at all the games I've already played, kind of thing, right? Uh, I, I definitely have to take a few and laminate them though, because it this game's interesting in the in like from a component standpoint too because the the whole game comes in a fairly small box, uh, maybe like a foot by a foot, um, and inside it's it's the it's the weirdest game I own as far as you know what comes in the box. The majority of it is made up of these two big uh, player board paper packets basically right so it it's those you you rip off a sheet of paper and then that's one player board and you rip off a sheet of paper and that's the second portion of your player board so 90 percent of this box is just these paper sheets that you're ripping off as your board right hmm. and it's odd because like okay i paid it's not it's not a, a pricey game like i paid it's like a mid-tier game i'd say as far as prices goes uh, I think it was like in the $65, $67 something after tax. Cool enough. Um, so enough. Yeah. Especially when you're thinking 90% of that is paper is yeah. what I paid for. Right. Um, but the game is so good that like, I, I don't even feel bad spending that money on it. So yeah, to, to, to sort of kind of, I know I, I keep going on tangents here, but to get back to it, you're using these resources, using these uh, workers and you're coloring in portions of these player boards. Cause it's a, it's called a flip and write. Uh, so hmm. you know, I, 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 I had heard of rolling rights before we've played some where you're rolling and then using resources based on what you roll. But this one has a, cards instead of dice so you know the flip that's the flipping portion right uh and then as you're coloring things in it's getting you more resources over here and then you use those resources over here which give you more resources for over there and it just the way it all blends together are just such a neat neat puzzle i was playing it just just now before i jumped on the uh the podcast uh in between bouts of we just found a mouse in our house 
Uh, so trying to catch that and then trying to be like, okay, one more turn while I wait to see if this trap works, right? Uh, <laughs> it's that good. Yeah. Is, did, is that, um, because as you say that, it makes me think of Lost Ruins of Arnak because I, every time we play that game, uh, we're like, I don't know, a quarter of the way, halfway through. And I'm looking at the research track going, there's no way that we're going to have enough resources to make it up this track. It's impossible. And then all of a sudden you get a few turns where it's just this resource can turn into those resources can turn into that. And all of a sudden you're like all the way up. I had never thought about those two like that. But you're absolutely right. Like you hit it on the nose there for sure. Because I love that game as well, right? And because it's another one of those, you have to solve this puzzle and figure out how to do things. And yeah, you you have almost which seems like such limited resources. Yeah. But if you're smart about how you use them, they explode into other resources and then other things. And then boom, 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 all of a sudden you've made it up the research track or you've built out your wall section in, in Hadrian's wall or whatever, you know, depending on what game you're playing. Right. So it's, yeah, that, that type of puzzle mechanic, I just, I just, I can't get enough of it. Right. Even, even when you, to, to another degree, when you, even when you talk about like Gloomhaven and, and Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion, that has that puzzle action um, where you're trying to solve a puzzle to do, and these games are, you know, vastly different but you're trying to deal with with some sort of limited resource or or limited time or movement or whatever the case may be um and come with come up with the most efficient way and i i might not hit the most efficient way every time but man is it fun trying to do it yeah i mean that that, i I feel like that's where the fun lies is trying (laughs) to hit that but if you ever did hit the most of it, you'd be like, okay, well, I'm good now. <laughs> that's it. You know, th- that, that's a good point. Yeah. I think if you got really good at this game or, or games like this too, and then, and then you've solved it, that's when you go, okay, I'm done with this game. Yeah. 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 I've solved it. I always hit here. Uh, it's funny. Uh, so the solo mode gives you like, um, like a, a, point uh areas to kind of shoot for and then that tells you how how decent you did right uh so like the the top points if you're like 70 plus points at the end of the game you get the title of uh legatus uh legionis uh and 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 that one i was like okay that's that that's cool i i, I like that you have these different um sort of titles that you can go for uh, and each one is worth varying amounts of points. That one's the most, the highest one. I forget where the, uh, the different ones are, like what, um, what the lower values are, yeah. um, which I think is probably one of my one things about this game, uh, that I find interesting is that, um, on when I, when I look this up on BGG and I look this game in in some of the forums i see a lot of people talking about how well they do do in the game and how how difficult it is right and people are saying oh yeah you know my my best score is like 50 points 56 points or oh, i got 60 points today and and whatever my first game was like 67 points 
Hmm. Right. Which was the second tier, the second highest tier. And then the second game, mind you, this was easy. Second game was the top tier. So I scored like 83 points. So I moved it. Okay. I got to try normal difficulty. 89 points. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I've read the rule book three times now to be like, I got to make sure I'm doing everything correctly here. Just because like, Everyone's saying how difficult it is. And I'm scoring 89 points on my, you know, first, first game at normal difficult difficulty and third game in total. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've read it three times and I'm like, I, I've been doing everything correctly. Like, I, I don't know what it is. I, yes, you I, have been. <laughs> it makes Apparently. me feel super smart. Right. But that's part of the reason I like this games, t- these types of games too, because like afterwards I sit back and be like, they make me feel smart, right? Like if nice. I do well, then I'm like, yeah, I'm intelligent, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hadrian's Wall, highly recommended. And we got to play this one time because uh, I think you'll enjoy it too. It's a neat and neat enough um, game that that I think we will both enjoy it. And and it's one of those things that, which is kind of neat. Uh, there's not a lot of interactions between players so like you can focus on your stuff and not worry that i'm going to mess up your your uh situation so it really comes down to like how can i brain math this out to to do the best possible thing right um which yeah just let me know beforehand so i can load up on the caffeine (laughs) (laughs) i'm firing on all cylinders when i get there we 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 uh we played the rolling right um this is a while ago uh rolling realms yep and that's that you that, got for me right yeah uh and that was a really good one i i enjoyed that i i had yeah. i'd never heard of it before i picked it up for you but like we we both like J- jamie stegmeyer games yes you have a uh you know small collection of his of his games that's that's growing into less of a small correct collection right uh so i saw this in store and i was like oh i'm gonna pick this up because it's <laughs> jamie stegner so i picked this up and it and it and it references all his other titles which is really neat um, yeah i like that and and it's well put together but we played this game and what i found super interesting too because it, it was neat because it, it's so this one's a rolling right in this case so you're rolling and then um taking resources but the first like three turns you and i had the exact same moves, right? (laughs) So, which was so neat. And I'm so curious for this one to see, because you start off, you get the same resources. So to see how we branch out and when, you know, at what point do we start to go different strategies kind of thing, right? I'm really curious to see that. Yeah, that was a fun game. Uh, We went on vacation up to uh, a cottage up in the Muskoka's somewhere uh, this uh, this summer. And I like to, I think I brought a, an entire suitcase worth of board games. Yep, yep. And that I think was the only one I managed to actually get out on the table and get people to play. And we, we played one game, my wife and my sister and myself. Uh, and then... I, th- I, I I'm not even sure if we finished it because the kids probably were very distracting, but uh, uh. I just left the game out and just kept playing it solo 
the entire time. Like anytime I had a free moment, I would rush off into the other room and start rolling dice. Uh, And that's with, with these games, it's so easy to do that. You could leave it out like this one. I, like I said, I, I, I was playing it. I'm on the final turn. And I got about like 10 resources left to to use between workers and actual resources. But I'm going to record. I'll walk over there. I'll finish that final turn after the recording. And then uh, and then I'll catch a mouse. Right. <laughs> but yeah, that's, you know, it's it's they they're set up so nicely where you can just go and and play the game or leave it out and come back to it. And, and it's so easy to get back into it. Right. Yeah. I, I I love that about that uh, roll and write and and flip and write kind of concept. For sure. Yeah. So the other game I got in here just to keep the ball rolling here. Uh, so we reviewed Dungeon Bets, Dungeon Pets, uh, the the other day, um, or one of our previous episodes, and I had mentioned that okay, I I, I found the the solo rules for it. Someone had put together the solo rules, right? So I got that to the table. I set it all up, and I was like, okay, I I have to understand this game because I know there's a great game in here. I just I can't my mind couldn't couldn't comprehend it, right? Uh, and the solo rules were really good. Like they were they were done very well. It made sense doing what they did, and. I it was a fantastic I, I played it once so I did it once I ran through it but once was enough for me to go okay I get this game now I understand how to you know plan your turns ahead so that you have the the uh you know dungeon pets that you need for the buyers and a few turns ahead and and getting ready for the uh, exhibitions and and lining the two up so that you can like score massive points and then i you know i was i was channeling you jordan when you when you did that you know three times points uh turn and ended up scoring massive points or so like i was sending people to, uh some of my imps to that location so that i could sell for for higher points and i ended up doing fairly well i i forgot what i ended up scoring but I, I think in the solo rules, uh, their win condition, since you're not actually playing against somebody, they say, if you can hit 100 points, you've won, right? So I, I, I hit over 100 and I was like, okay, great. That means I've actually did well in the game, right? Nice. Again, I had the expansion in there and the expansion adds two more rounds. Uh, so like the rules covered a bit of the expansion, but I'm not sure if the hundred points really relates to the extended version or just like a normal turnaround. So I still won. I still won. Sure. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. But man, yeah, that, that, that game, even solo doing that, uh, solo, I, I, I would play that, play that many times. I'm on lately with the solo games. I'm on a, um, solo campaign kick. So I'm 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 bringing out all my uh, sort of campaign games uh, that have that solo and that you can follow the uh, the um, the solo track along. Right. Hadrian's Wall has a free campaign that you could download off, uh, you know, their their website there. And it's got, you know, 16 forts you're building along Hadrian's Wall. And each one has a different 
you know, wind condition or, or some sort of constraint that you have to work within. Right. Uh, which one yeah, I thought was really neat. Rolling Realms does the same thing. It has a, a little campaign. And then the way they set it up was you're on like a mini putt course. And so each, <laughs> there's like 18 holes, but it's really, it's like 18 different scenarios that have like, a, you know, a slight rule change or a constraint on, on the play or whatever. Uh, yeah. So that's fun. It's like the same, same thing. I love those. I think it's such a great idea just to throw a little like, overarching campaign to to a game you know, mm-hmm. right especially something like that that has a solo mode right uh like i said like when i did the dungeon pets i was okay i understand it now now i really don't have a reason to play it back to back to back to back to back i, I can pull it out play a game put it away play some other things and then oh i feel like playing dungeon pets again and pull it out right right uh, whereas with this one here i can sit and play through the campaign and it makes sense sense for me to play it back to back to back, right? Um, I, I, I mean, in my mind, that's how it works. So <laughs> whether that's that's the case or not, but uh, yeah, no, I like I like the campaign style of games with, especially when they when you know publishers include a free version with the game. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I am a bit jealous that 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 you're able to do that because you have that dedicated gaming room downstairs. Mm. Um, I'm I'm planning on it. Uh, so, uh, you know Thomas, but we got a like uh like a D and D table. It's got like the the inset in the middle and whatever, and then I built like a cover for it to make it flush, but. It's sitting in our dining room upstairs. Yeah, it's a, it's a and, beautiful table. <laughs> um, our kids like are pretty good that I feel like I could set up a game the night before and they're not going to touch stuff. But I don't f- I, like I don't feel like I could leave a game out to play like a campaign. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I would really like to. So hopefully uh, when we eventually finish our basement be able to bring that down and set something out and then we can talk about it here. Yeah. I mean, it's super handy. Like I, I, I won't lie having sort of the dedicated room. So the dedicated rooms in my basement here, uh, I can just close the door and I can leave the door open. The kids don't really, uh, head in there at all. Um, but it's nice because yeah, I can set something up and then leave it there for days at a time or, if I'm doing something campaign wise, I can leave it at whatever level I left and then come back and, okay, now I'm on level three and and set up level three. Right now at the same time, (laughs) there's been many times where you come up for the game game night and I'm like, well, here's the game room, but we're not playing in here tonight because I have (laughs) stuff set up. So let's go play at this table over here. Right. Yeah. We go to like the kids art table and we'll play on that. Right. So, so double-edged sword, I suppose, having that dedicated <laughs> spot where you could just set up stuff and leave it. Too true. <laughs> Mind you, your table <laughs> is quite large. You might get away with like setting up a game on half the table. Yeah. And then, and then we could play on the other half of the table kind of thing, right? Depending on how what game you're playing, right? So. Yep. Yep. No, it was a good find. I found it on uh, Facebook Marketplace. Um, so, and and yeah, the, the, they did a great job with it. 
and then I just had to build that little insert. Yeah, but yeah. We, like, we actually yeah. we played D and D on it for the for the first time uh, <laughs> last last week, and uh, I don't know. I I liked the insert. What what were we playing before? It, it could have been Dice Throne even, um, and and because we were rolling in that that inserted part yeah um and i but i feel like we were playing uh maybe it was tapestry and i liked how it contained all of the pieces because if you've got a a whole bunch of little components it's nice that you know they're not going to fall off the table right um yeah absolutely yeah yeah but then when we were playing D, which is what it was meant for i almost felt like I'd almost rather have it up on the table itself because no one in our group plays with like pen and paper. Everyone brings a laptop, right? And then there's just not really enough room on the uh, raised portion of the table to, to fit a whole laptop plus your dice plus books, you know, all that stuff. So, um, it's a it's a neat idea and again i loved it for like tapestry but uh, another jamie stegmeyer game uh, <laughs> yep <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know i might not do it this week and we'll see how it goes i i i struggle so much with the uh well okay so we're we're both in campaigns now for for D. i run mine you're running one as well. You had invited me to yours and I was like, ah, sorry, man. I'm, I'm currently in the middle of DMing one, right? Which you hid from us for like a year, which is unbelievable. It was so hard. <laughs> so, okay. So there's backstory to that too. Okay. You guys, we, we were, we were, we were playing and I, I, at one point I was in two games. I was, um, you know, my, my brother was running one game that was a, like a 10 session game. And then um, I think Jordan at the time you were running a game as well. So I was in was, was that when I was running or maybe maybe it switched at that point actually. No, you're 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 right. I think it was our buddy Kevin was running running it, had just started one up, and then my brother was running like a 10 session one. Yeah. I don't know if there was overlap between your campaign and Kevin's, but it, it it's not important for the story. But anyways, so we're, 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 I'm playing these two and I'm playing it each, each, um, each week, each week. So I'm playing one, one week and the other, the other week. Uh, yeah, that's a lot. and that was, yeah, yeah, that, that was working, but every Friday night. And then, you know, the, the, we had like family night on, on Fridays. And so that was always like a, okay, gotta go now. Cause I gotta run out the, the house to do D and D. Um, and then my brother's campaign ended and we started to get more sort of online with ours because, well, because of like COVID and everything. Right. So we weren't, uh, getting, and I can't remember, I'm, I'm fuzzy on, on how often we were online. I feel like, did we have any sessions in person for that campaign or was it strictly online for Kevin Strahd campaign? Yeah. Yeah. Was it all online at the start? I guess I it probably was. Feel like he left, like he moved right before he started that campaign. Okay, but I might be wrong. Yeah, it's fuzzy. Yeah, 
But so, so the straw campaign was, was, and we've talked about it uh, uh, before too. It, it was a difficult campaign and it, and it, and it sort of, before it fizzled out for you guys, I, you know, I got to a point where I was like, okay, I have to make a decision. I can't be doing both weeks. We've finished the one uh, 10 campaign and we're looking at wh- who wants to DM next. And I was kind of like, well, I kind of like to, to, you know, try my hat at it again. Cause I've only done it once and I wanted to try it again. So I, w- I was thinking about it and the Strahd one was being pretty difficult. So, you know, I made the decision that, okay, I'm going to drop out of the Strahd and then I'm going to run one. But I didn't want to say anything to you guys because I knew you're still playing Strahd and I didn't want to, uh, you know, come between that and be like, oh, I'm I'm running something now. Come over here. Right. Yeah. Uh, so which is decent of you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I just I, I kept my mouth shut. And yeah, a year, year and like a couple months go by. And I'm playing this bi-weekly. I can't bring it up to you guys, right? Like I, we chat all the time and I'm like, okay. And I go to bring something up. I'm like, can't talk about that because they don't know I'm running a campaign, right? <laughs> so as soon as you guys finish, you know, Strahd, then I was like, oh, hey, by the way, <laughs> you know, I've been doing this. Uh, and it was one of those things you were like, hey, you want to I'm going to I'm going to run my campaign now, Jordan, you were saying this. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I want to. But I'm also committed because I'm I'm running one, too, uh, which was like, oh, surprise. Right. <laughs> but oh, oh, man, like it's I, I, and I don't even know where I was going uh, with with this story. Just I was I was so excited to to show that we were both, you know, kind of playing our campaigns. Yeah. Oh, I I know where I was going to go. So you have this table and one of the things I typically don't like to um play by uh you know online. Yes. Uh, it just and I don't like board games like that D&D too. Unfortunately with, you know, with my brother and with his group of friends that we play with we're across the country. So it's, it's hard to, many of us are across the province and then some are even in different provinces. Right. Uh, so it's it, meeting in person is impossible. Um, so, you know, that's, that, that's one thing there. And I, and I've kind of had to suck it up. So I, 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 I get rid of all the, the maps and, and miniatures and everything, and just strictly do theater of the mind. I'll paint a picture and then you interact with the word world. Right. Now you, Jordan, uh, which is kind of nice, um, have some players that I suppose are 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 close by. So you got to actually play in person at your table, uh, which is amazing because I think that's the right way to do D anD. d My only gripe in this whole long story for the last fifteen minutes uh, <laughs> is the same when I play D&D when I'm a character I'd love to have paper I have the sheets out I got my pencil I write notes on it I scribble <laughs> things out and whatever and I use that character sheet and I bring that character sheet and and so okay a few times I've had the phone and I've had the character sheet on the phone uh, but the paper is the is the is my preferred thing so when everyone's got the laptops around the the table and they're and they're relying on oh I, like I don't know what I add to this because the computer just 
bloop, bloop, bloop. Okay, there you go. There's your there's your number you rolled, right? I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I know my modifier is this because I'm looking at the paper right now, right? Uh, so I, I, I feel like with your table, if everyone had paper, it might be a different different experience, right? Absolutely. I feel like that's what it's made for. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Brian is very reliant. Our friend Brian's very reliant on uh, what's it called? The something Anvil. It's an old Excel spreadsheet yeah uh, that that kind of does all the calculations for you and i i think the guy who made it got in trouble because uh i guess wizards and hasbro i guess started coming down on anyone who was using their content in an unofficial manner right and this excel sheet has like everything pre-programmed into it which is why brian loves it so much but it's stuck i think (laughs) sword coast adventurers guide was the last book that had any content in that excel sheet right oh for sure yeah 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 yeah, that's the interesting interesting thing about dd too and rightly so i mean it's their it's their um intellectual property right uh and and dd does a good thing they release their srd document which is standard Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what it stands for, right? But it's like the basics of their game. They give you some basic monsters and and you can use that however you want. You can even use that in in creating your own sort of RPGs and and I think you got some leeway there. I don't know the legalities behind it, but like you can use that, you can build apps on it and whatever. But they started to crack down when D&D Beyond came out and that's their, you know, character generator. That's their their uh their in-house one i suppose well now it's in-house because they it was a third-party company and now they've i think bought it out but anyways yeah once that rolled out they started to like send out those letters hey you can't do this you can put the the uh the the stuff that we give out the free stuff but you you can't put all the contents of our book in your in your apps anymore right yeah um it's it's a shame too because i mean you can find all the books online. It's not it's not difficult to do that. Uh, I always like to have a physical copy of whatever book I'm using. But, uh, you know, sometimes I'm a big proponent of if you want to look at an RPG book and, uh, you know, look at a free free copy of it, say the player's handbook, which is what you need uh, to, to build a character in D&D, right? Uh, look at it online. Go through it. Go through the PDF if it's a you know, less than legal way. Right. But if you like it and you want to use it, like buy it. Like I bought the handbook because I was like, you know, this is a good book and I'm going to refer to it often. So I went and bought it. Right. Yes. I got the the PDF. If I'm on the go, I can look it on on my phone. Um, But I bought the book. Right. So, you know, they got, they got my money. So I, I feel I guess a little better doing it there, but this isn't legal advice and this isn't, you know, I'm not saying not advocating piracy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, tell me, Jordan, like, how was your game though? Yeah. Well, well, we don't have much time left, but, um, yeah, it was, it, 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 it was decent. I, uh, I, I deviated from the book. So I started them off in a small town. 
and I decided to have a festival and to introduce the characters and their abilities, I thought, oh, they'll have like some carnival games and stuff like that. So we can do some roles and they can make some ability checks and kind of flex their characters uh, muscles a little bit. Um, so I was, I made up these carnival games and then was making up rules for how the roles would go on the spot. Amazing. So, uh, we had an egg toss, like I did an egg toss and I don't know if you know what an egg <laughs> toss is, but I came from a small town <laughs> and <laughs> we would do egg toss where you have a partner and, and you throw an egg to your partner and they catch it. And then, and then everyone who successfully caught it steps back. And then you're throwing it back and forth, getting further and further away until somebody drops the egg or wears the egg, right? Yeah. 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 So I was like, I was like, oh, should have like a, a dexterity check with a DC. I said, let's make it 10 um, to give the, the partner advantage on uh, a dexterity saving throw to, nice. to catch the egg, right? That's cool. And, uh, yeah. So they, they, uh, actually, it was great because Sarah's character and Kevin's character partnered up and, and they ended up going back and forth. And, and it was great because they won. And then the whole, the legit, they won, um, <laughs> just rolling well. And then they were given tickets to go to the local tavern for free drinks. And then the local tavern is where I kind of started the story. So. That's amazing. I love that. And and those uh yeah, the, the ability checks and that 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 and and saves. Those types of I don't know, fun things like that. That's what people remember when they play D&D, right? So, those are the, those are the fun times you remember for sure. And then I did um I came up with an idea cuz they're going through like these maps and you know, there's secret rooms and there's, you know, hidden stuff whatever. I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I got one of those vinyl battle maps and I gave them a marker and I said, I'm going to describe the rooms and you guys are going to draw them out. That's so as they went through these locations, yeah, they're drawing it out. So there was nothing to give away. Um, But, but in, but, you know, as they're exploring, they ended up with a map, which was, which was neat. Yeah. I, I love that idea. It's it. It, it's 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 very unique and uh yeah so cool yeah but uh i think that's all the time we have for this segment uh we're going to take a break and when we come back we are going to discuss root looking forward to it hello faithful listeners jordan here with a quick word from today's sponsor us Thomas and I really enjoy making the show, and we really hope you enjoy listening. If you do, tell your friends about us. Spread the good word. We'd really appreciate it. And we promise you, if you keep listening, we'll keep talking. Now back to our show. And welcome back, gentle listeners. This week, we played Root, a game of woodland might and right. Is that, is that the full title, really? That I think that's like the tagline. I love it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, this game is uh, by publisher Leader Games, uh, developed by Cole Worley and art by Kyle Farron. And I say that because the art is 
the art is very unique um and i really like it and they often collaborate i i have a feeling i I was trying to look it up i couldn't couldn't quite find out uh but i have a feeling that leader games is cole Worley, um or at least that he started it but uh, they've neat. collaborated on several of their games, including Oath, uh, which I have and will probably play <laughs> very soon. And uh, a game called Fort, which also looks pretty cool. Um, that, uh, yeah, is probably going to go on my Christmas wish list. That's that's it. actually, you know, when, when I think I, I can picture the artwork of the Fort box. So I've, I've seen Oath, I've seen Root, and I can picture the artwork of the Fort box. Yeah, yeah it's all, all the same. It, clearly, they have the same artist that does it all because they're, you yeah. know, they all work together, right? Exactly. But, no, beautiful art for sure. So uh, in this game, actually, so Leader Games apparently focuses on building asymmetrical games, uh, which this game very much is asymmetrical because every single faction follows a completely different set of rules and is playing a completely different game than every other faction. The base game starts with four factions. You have the Marquis de Cat. You have the the Airy, which are birds. You have the Woodland Alliance, and you have the Vagabond. And they all play the game completely differently. Storyline is that the Woodlands used to be ruled by the Eerie. And but the Eerie are very, very bureaucratic. And if anything in their decree, what they've stated must happen and when it must happen. And if anything goes wrong, their entire government falls apart. And in one of these moments of weakness, the Marquis de Cat has snuck in and basically taken over the forest. In the forest, of course, live all the woodland creatures, right? You've got bunnies and uh, squirrels and raccoons and foxes and all that stuff. Uh, And they're trying to live their lives while these two powers are sort of battling it out. uh, And they develop a a resistance uh, to try and take back their their home. But they're they're focused on like guerrilla warfare and stuff like that. And then you've got the Vagabond, who I don't think really fits into the narrative of the story, but um, is, is a neat character nonetheless. So the... The Marquis de Cat, obviously they're cats. Uh, you played Thomas. I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And their their goal is to industrialize and militarize the forest. So they want to build buildings uh and and recruit more warriors, right? Uh the the Erie, like I said, are very bureaucratic. You're you're moving out and building roosts, but their shtick is every turn you have to add to their decree, which says again, what you do in what order. And if you can't do it, they completely fall apart, which means you have to dispose of your leader. You lose points and kind of start over again. Uh, Now we discovered yesterday 
that this game does not play at two players. <laughs> it says two to four in the base game, but it does not play at two players. It's a lie. The cake yeah, is think, a lie. I, yeah, I think four is probably where it should be played at. Because we've yeah. done three before as well, and three didn't work out super well either. Um, that now just you, been because the other player didn't really know how to play it, but yeah, we, it was, I think it was all our first times too. So it was yeah. like, yeah, how do we play to the best of the specific faction? Yeah, that could have been the issue too. But yeah, two was a bit painful. It was fun. I, I enjoyed it, but then, you know, it also, yeah, there was there was there was definite holes. Now, what I wanted to say though, so Vagabond, you said he didn't like. Oh, I don't really know if he. I feel like he fits well, or it fits well into the um, uh, into the the I guess story of the game because he's basically Han Solo. Uh, so he, he's the scoundrel <laughs> of the game, right? Like, yeah, literally, there, yeah, he's, right. Working, he's doing what's best for him. And then, and I say him because I, I don't know. I feel like the artwork is more, I, I guess the, 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 it's a raccoon. I believe the, the vagabond. Well, there are three in fact. Oh, okay. So yeah, there we go. So, so I'm sure the artwork is spread across it, but in, in any case, yeah. So the, the, the raccoon, um, yeah, I, I, I feel is, is that character that, is out for themselves will help wherever but if they help the woodland alliance to help these small creatures you can play it off as like oh yeah this is helping the little guy and then they help the eerie it's because well you gotta eat too so (laughs) (laughs) got need to need to collect that paycheck right but yeah they're kind of uh they're kind of profiteering in wartime yeah yeah But, but yeah when you say a, a, uh, it's asymmetrical, like that, I, I we, that can't be understated enough. Like <laughs> to the com- there is almost the, the two factions we played. Like I, like you, like you said, Jordan, I played uh, the Marquita Cat, and you played the Eerie, right? Mm-hmm. So we had birds versus cats, and the cats. Like there is almost nothing the same on my player board uh, compared to what was on your player board. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So, and then, and then at the end of the game, we, we, you know, we were chatting about it and I was like, can I see the other player boards? I want to check. The-. And they were completely different too. So like it's full on your playing your own game kind of thing, right? Like the, you, the, here's some strategies for this faction and, and that's, that's what you got to do because everything is different, right? Like you play, you, we've played games where like some player powers, like variable player powers give you a bit of that, like, okay, this faction is good here or there or whatever. Uh, but this one is like no full out. Everything is different on these. Uh, it's very neat. It's very cool. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's uh, one of the most charming aspects of this game. Um, Although, you know, some people I can understand would hate that, right? Um, 
not only are they having to learn a new game, but but every faction's different. I got to learn what every faction does. You know, I I can understand how some people would not enjoy that, but I think that it's fantastic. Um, however, as we discovered last night, you kind of really do need at least three factions so that you know if if one faction starts to really take over. Uh, versus another faction then that third one can kind of keep them in check yeah right? yeah, yeah for sure a, a, a little bit of background on this game uh, i have the digital version and i've played it digitally a lot uh like 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 quite a bit <laughs> uh so i've played all all the different factions uh several times and then I introduced it to you guys once over Tabletop Simulator. And we all played it on that one time. And so Kevin was Woodland Alliance. You were Marquita Cat and I was the Eerie. And in that game, I swept it. Yeah, I think yeah. 30 points and you had like zero and Kevin had I got to remember some. Yeah, yeah. And then last night. I set up the board. There's no third player. And you looked at it and went, I know how I'm going to win. And you won by turn two. Like, it, yeah. like the game wasn't over by turn two, but <laughs> you had won the game already. Yeah, it, 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 it's such a it's such an interesting game. And I said to this to you yesterday, too, after we played, like, I don't know how I feel about the game. Like, I can't. But after playing it the first time on Tabletop Simulator, I was like, eh, I wasn't a big fan. But then also part of that was because we played online and I'm not a big online player. And 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 I mentioned to you, I'd love to play it on the table to see how that goes. And mm -hmm. night and day, 100% loved it more on the table than than playing it on Tabletop Simulator. And that's just a strictly you know personal preference thing. But I still am like, I don't know where I put this game because it's so different than like anything I've I've played. The fact that yeah, these were playing the same game but have two totally different uh factions to the point where like nothing I, like I can't stress that enough that it's just so different. Yeah. Um, it's wild and you're doing different things. I'm doing different things. And, but yeah, so we, 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 we start this game and the Marquita cat in it, it, it's an interesting thing. So you, you start with like half your army on this board. It's there's got, there's a character territory control portion to this game. Uh, and there's various spots on the board, uh, that you can go to and you're, and you're fighting over. Right. So Marquita cat, you start with one of your warriors in every section of the board except for the one section that the eerie starts with so you start with a like a turtled group of birds with like five or six birds on your one one spot and i have oh i don't know 14 cats on the board just spread out right uh and then the cats are also industrious so you're building buildings with the cats uh, that that uh, supply wood, and then that wood allows you to buy workshops or these recruitment stations, and the recruitment stations get you um, 
more more dudes on the map more warriors and the and the workshops allow you to take you know actions on your on your cards because there's a card mechanic to it as well right and then the neat thing about the cats is that anytime they get into a battle and and you and we'll talk about battling too because that's a very interesting mechanic Mm -hmm. Uh, whenever you lose uh some of your warriors uh the cats have the ability to play a card uh one of their from their hand uh there's some limitations to it but you play a card from your hand you discard it and those cats go back to your sort of home base, which is one of the corners of the board that you decide right away. And then the eerie is on the opposite corner of the board, right? So you do that, you discard these cards, you get your your cats back to your home base. Uh, and it makes quite a difference because normally you'd have a two-step. You'd have to take those cats and take them off the board. And then you'd have to take a recruitment um action and that would recruit more cats back onto the board where you're skipping the recruitment action right so you're you're saving yourself an action just by discarding cards Mm -hmm. uh, which was really neat and i was able to take advantage of that right every turn every turn and and so right away i'm looking at the board marquita cat starts first i own every every uh location on the board is mine except for the your corner base uh, but I know, okay, you're going to move out of this base. And if I leave something there, one warrior and a thing, it's going to be easy for you to attack that warrior, kill it. And then the warrior has gone. And then I have to discard a card or I let him, the warrior come off the board. Um, so I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to give you free actions of, of, of killing things. So I thought, okay, I'll consolidate some of these warriors into one space on the board. So I'm, I'm leaving territories empty uh, that, that I'm basically saying, Hey, if you want them, you can take them for free. You don't have to fight anything. Uh, but I, I, I was sort of securing this area in the center of the board that branched out to five different locations. And I thought, okay, this is going to be an important location because it branches out everywhere. If you ever get that under control, I then have to be worried, where is he going to attack me? He has all these options to attack me in different areas. So that was really my my first thought. Okay, I'll consolidate here. So I consolidated and I ended up bringing something like five cats or six cats in this one position, right? And it's almost right next door to your home base, right? So I knew that if, if you start to move out, you're you can't leave your home base so you have to leave some back and then move some forward and i was hoping that this is going to stretch out your 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 army basically you're going to have two smaller groups that together were scary but separately and now i can start picking off the smaller groups right and that's exactly what i did like i got aggressive right away took out one thing uh and then you were on the defense the entire game after mm-hmm. that, right? And as long as I kept pumping out cats, pumping out cats and defending and, and stopping you from going out too far, I was able to slow your engine down enough. And then near the end, I just, I went industrial and started building things to get victory points. And it, and it's essentially a race to 30 victory points, right? 
Yeah. And I, as, as the cats, your win condition is, is to get the 30 points, but you can do this by a attacking and destroying buildings that are your opponents, but also by being industrialized, building these buildings and uncovering victory points as you're taking these buildings off your player board and placing them on the uh, the actual play board, right? Uh, so, yeah, very, very interesting type of dynamic there. Uh, and, yeah, just throwing you on your off foot right away, right? Like, turn two. <laughs> It set the tone for the entire game. Yeah. So the way that the Erie works is you've got what this decree that I've mentioned uh, and the actions go in order uh, from it starts at recruit. So that's getting more warriors on the board uh, and then move and then battle and then build so building your roots right and the way it works is you choose a leader the leader gives you two cards that uh and designates where those cards go so one of those four actions then every turn you're getting cards you're having to put those cards in one of the slots of those four actions now the cards have suits. So there's a uh, rabbit, fox, and mouse. Mouse, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you have if you put a rabbit card under the recruit action, then when it comes that time on your turn, you have to recruit in a rabbit clearing. So all the different spaces on the boards are clearing and clearings in this forest and they all have different suits. So if you, so you have to have a roost in a rabbit clearing in order to recruit. Okay. That might not be so difficult. Uh, then you have to move. Uh, so if you put a, if you put again, let's say a rabbit card in the move section, you have to move at least one warrior from a rabbit clearing. Okay, so start the game with a roost in a rabbit clearing. You're recruiting there, and then you can move out from there. Okay, great. Next one is battle. Well, if you're moving from a rabbit clearing, you're probably moving into a different clearing. It's probably not a rabbit. So in this case, fox, right? was where you had most of your warriors. Yeah. If I put a fox card in that battle location, now I every turn I have to have a battle in a fox clearing. And all you have to do is move your dudes out of a fox clearing <laughs> and all of a sudden my government falls apart. But if I don't put something in the battle slot, you're just going to keep piling up. I can never battle you. I'm always going to be defending and 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 uh, the defender loses more often than not, right? It, and then same thing with the building. Like so then I have to move to specific clearing, build in a specific clearing. Okay, well once you've done that, it, you can't 
like you have to be very careful about where you put your cards so that you're so that you don't mess up your decree and then you fall apart uh because if you can't do one of those things on the suit that it says uh you you dispose of your leader you lose all the cards in your decree and you lose points uh based on the various types of cards so so the one way you can get around this the limitation of the suits is that if it's a if it's a bird card which is the fourth suit then you can do those actions in any clearing but for every bird card you put in your decree you lose points if you can't complete the decree so that's called going into turmoil so i think i by the third i think i got three turns in because i'd no, maybe two, because I built two roosts in addition to my home base. And that's when you started destroying roosts. And the only way I can get points is at, at the end of my turn, based on the number of roosts that I've built, I get more and more points. And also, you have to have built three roosts in order to get an additional card at the end of your turn which again is going into your decree. So when you jumped on me at the beginning of the game, I I'm stuck with these cards. Like I think I ended up having to put a bunch of them in recruit, right? So that I wasn't going to go into turmoil, but then I'm like, I'm getting all of these warriors, which is great, but then they can make one move. Then they have to battle you know, and then, and it just very quickly, you put on so much pressure. I was really, because I, I wanted to go into other areas, but, and I couldn't because it wouldn't have followed the decree. Right. And, and then, yeah. one, and then the first time you looked and you're like, okay, all I have to do is move over here. And then he, you know, he's going to go into turmoil. That was kind of it. I lost all my points and I, Literally, I never recovered. Uh, yeah, what was so interesting too? So the the, the time we played on um, table uh, tabletop simulator, uh, I I had seen. So when we got close to, so that was interesting. We played three player, and then you also had these like, uh, which was not included in a two player game. But you would get in a three player game, you could draw these dominance cards i think called dominance right yeah uh, but basically they change your win condition so i got one of these cards in the in the three player game and i played it and then my win condition then came from uh you can no longer score victory points so scrub that you're not doing that what you want to do is you want to own two different corners of the board or something like opposite corners of the board which is great i was like yeah i can do that i didn't do it so <laughs> you know it went which is so interesting too because we record all our games um and in, in the senses it, it, that we like uh record plays in a in an app and what our scores were and what we played as or whatever right uh so i ended up with zero points that turn because i couldn't score points i was no longer right. scoring points right uh but when you when you look at the uh the app it's like oh yeah 30 to nothing you know that's so it's weird to have those sort of like point scoring and also different win conditions and two different people can be on two different things when you're from a recording it 
uh, uh, aspect, right? But the main thing I took from that is that you played the Eerie in that one. And I remember getting close to the end of the game when you had like, you know, four or five roosts out. And because you got points for each of the roosts that were out, like the last three turns of the game, it was like five points, five points, five points. You got 15 points in three turns. And it was like, that's half the score. That's like an unbelievable explosion in points, Yeah, you know, at the end of the game. Uh, if, and clearly, you know, when we played, Kevin and I weren't, uh, putting enough pressure to stop you from doing that, right? So if it gets out of hand, it gets out of hand quickly. So this time going in, uh, that was my goal. And and I'll be honest, like I started that and I didn't pick up on all the aspects of the game just yet. So our game actually, it went a decent amount. Like we had like, well, I, I don't know, probably 10, 15 turns or something in the game. I probably could have won that game in like seven turns. Right. Had I been a bit more efficient. And then once, and and, and essentially what that was, I started right away attacking those roosts because I was like, nope, if the less he has out, the, the fewer points he's scoring. And we were neck and neck for the first four or five points in this game. And then I was like, wait a minute. I could also mess with your decree now because at this point we're on turn like four or five and you got so many every turn you started off with two cards in the decree and then every turn you're adding one or two cards so your your decree had like six seven cards by the time it sort of clicked and i was like i can mess with this now and throw you into turmoil yeah and man is it such a like punch in the face when that happens to you, especially in a two player game, right? Because you go into turmoil, uh, you lose points, you mess your board, you lose your leader. And then I feel like you basically lose the turn too. You do. Yeah, uh, yeah. absolutely. That's huge. Yeah. Cause you, you lost the turn and then I'm like, great. The dudes I just lost. I can spend my turn just rushing people back up from my home base where I was losing them to. And now I'm just as strong as I was. You missed mm-hmm. the turn. And, and now you're starting again, building the decree. And now, you know, after that seventh turn, I'm like, how could I mess with it? And still, I wasn't as uh, efficient as I couldn't be. And near the end of the game, I started to do it to you more often. Oh, I'll just move these guys over here and you can't attack. And now, oh, look turmoil and you went you know you, you, that first turmoil was the worst one uh and then a few turns later the second one and then the third one happened and then by that time it was like yeah there's no way you've you're back at zero points and i'm just industrializing and building and building and moving up right because Not zero points because i played a dominance card zero points because i i had zero points like and, and that's the thing though but like it was so such a hurtful thing yes. uh, to happen to you, right? Like to <laughs> to just everything is not only have I just messed up your board, but you're also like adding salt to the wound by like <laughs> just the amount of negative stuff that's happening to you, right? It didn't feel good. It no, no, feel and, good. and that sort of ruins some of the enjoyment of the game too. Because I'm like, yeah, I'm running away. I can see that, 
And yeah. I couldn't figure out how to end it sooner, right? So I'm like, it's fun. This is a fun game. But at the same time, I'm like, it's no fun that I'm just like steamer. Like we obviously knew halfway through, yeah, I'm going to win this game unless I start to just fall asleep and not do anything, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah. When you yeah. have the the third player in there, so if, if you're playing three players, again, with the base game, uh, you'd play Woodland Alliance. And... You know, if you were to do that strategy where you consolidate uh, all your warriors into one uh, clearing, if you had that third party there, they just take over the other clearings. Yeah. Which yeah. the thing with the Woodland Alliance is um, they you have to like crush them right away as they start to pop up. And if you don't, then they will explode. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's it's the the like you were saying with the eerie right. So yes, the decree is very rigid, and if the other players can mess with it, it really screws you over. But every card you're adding there, it it's an action, right? So like, whereas you get three actions on your turn, I could be getting seven or eight actions on a turn. Which but is huge. then, like, it becomes yeah. unwieldy, right? So there's like that trade-off. Um, with the Woodland Alliance in there, they're uh, they they're popping up. They're spreading sympathy among you know the other Woodland critters, and if they get enough sympathy, uh, they'll start a revolt, and then they'll destroy everything in the clearing. You know that that the the Marquis or the Erie uh, have built. And now all of a sudden they've got like the military base and they could, they really mess with the other players. Um, they're actually my favorite faction. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. And then oh, you've but, got yeah. the, the vagabond is the other one who, who kind of runs uh, through the forest. So the other players have to stick to the clearings and move along these paths, but the vagabond skips all that can go directly between the clearings in the forest. And then, they pop out and they can they can uh, trade with with the other factions and they want to collect items uh, and do quests like they're playing an entirely different game again. <laughs> um, and and that's when you can really get into like the social negotiation and, uh, OK, well, you know, I'll help you or I'll attack these guys. But you got to make you got to craft this for me so I can have that item. But then, you know, when they collect a bunch of items, that's that's leading into their win condition. So yeah, it was, it, it was really neat. And and I think those dominance cards too add an extra um, kind of facet to how to, how to play the game. Right. And that mm -hmm. was the thing at, at, at three players, I got aggressive in that game too, and it didn't work because there was three. So I went right away for this. I got this dominance card and I was, and I, and I thought to myself, can I make a go of it? And, and I thought, at the time, I, I I remember thinking it could go either way, but if I roll nice, I might be able to squeak the win in, right? Yeah. So I I went for it, and it didn't work out. But the the third player, Kevin, was playing the Woodland Alliance. Which, if you look at the boards, so you can flip them over and you can look at like the com complexity of the different uh, factions. That was the most complex, right? Yeah. So. You know, and and the 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 marquee and and the uh, the eerie, I think, are both like moderate uh, complexity. Or if if not, one of them might be low. So um, 
Yeah, Marquis listed as low complexity, yeah. and so is the Erie, which I think is bullshit because <laughs> managing the uh the the decree is tough. Sure. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. So I, I play this thing. I gotta own the two different um, corners. I feel like in that game, Kevin was doing a good job of. I mean, what what has to happen in the three players? If someone goes is going for the win, the other two have to team up to take it out. Mm-hmm. And so I needed two corners, and then I needed to start my turn owning those two corners. So that you know. Kevin's turn would come up. He'd attack one. And if he didn't finish the job, you'd go and you'd attack and finish the job there. Right. And then I'd lose. And every turn I'd take two corners and I couldn't make it back to my, my, uh, my, my, my turn while still maintaining those. Right. But yeah. I think at that point, Kevin was more using his faction almost as a, like a warring tribe, which the cats are much better at and the Erie's much better at. Right. So he wasn't doing Till close to the end where he was putting these sympathy tokens out uh and i and then that's sort of once he started to pick up on that stuff your eerie had grown in such a rapid succession that it was like oh five points five points five points that's it you reached 30 right yeah it's like oh so so close right but yeah but this uh, very very it's a fascinating game for the fact that like everything plays so different and then every strategy has has merits to it but yeah so we so we we run through this game i i'm ultra aggressive uh and then afterwards you were like you know what i've played this game so many times on the app i've never once seen the ai do that i was like really uh because to me i was like right away i I came up with the the plan and you know the first turn i was like hmm, hmm, hmm," thinking how i was going to do that and then then I was focused for the rest of the game pretty much. Uh, so then you, you pulled up the app on the phone and you're like, let's see what happens. Yeah. Let's see if we can do this, replicate <laughs> this in the game, in the digital game. And what a mess. Uh, like we did it. We did, first turn we got there and you and I were looking at it. We're going, okay, what, what's the optimal way of the second turn, which I didn't do in our game. Right. Because I was still learning how the factions work. But like turn two, uh, turmoil on the Erie, right? And then yeah. turn three, turmoil, turmoil. again. <laughs> and then turn four, turmoil. And I was like, wow, we wrecked the AI on this. Yeah. Right? Like it just, like, we, we totally shut it down after turn two, right? And it was, it was wild. Yeah. Yeah. Just you broke to, the game for sure. Broke the game. Yeah. Uh, mind you, a, a portion of that, like you said, uh, the Erie is, it's interesting because you're adding these cards to the to the um uh your 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 decree uh and the suits the suits are important because the bird ones yes if you if you're playing birds that's great but if you ever uh lose the decree and go into turmoil it costs you points uh but at least they allow you more um sort of flexibility with where you do your various things where you're recruiting where you're moving to where you're attacking uh you know all all that stuff that that uh it's much more open when you're playing those bird cards the issue comes and this this was part of it um you got low in cards uh, because i was destroying your roost so you're only drawing like one card a turn and if you're drawing a crappy suit 
that you can't get to, what are you going to do? And near the end of the game, you're, 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 you know, your third uh, decreed leader. That was it. You were drawing the same things. And it was like, I, I can't move anywhere. So yeah, I, that's it. You go boom. And you have to play that card. Yep. You had to put it in. So it was like back to back where you, 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 you were just running into issues. And I feel like that's what was happening with the app too. whatever cards it was drawing on its turn weren't the right cards. So like, it just kept going into, you know, turmoil and then boom, I get, we get extra turns and blah, blah, blah. We're building up and yeah, it just, it just shut it down for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So what'd you think of the, what'd you think of the battle system? I, I find the battle system to be really, uh, really neat. Uh, I, I, I thought it's well, it's well done. Uh, so basically, you, you know, you have your attacker, your defender, you roll these two, um, 12 sided die, uh, and, but on these die, there is only four, four different numbers, um, uh, repeated, right? So you got zero, one, two, and three. Uh, and, and so the, you know, the max you can roll is a, the highest is three, right? But you roll these die and the, um, attacker gets to keep the highest number and the defender gets the, the lower number of the two, right? And that is the damage that's done to each other's armies, basically. Right. Uh, I think as far as like rolling for combat, that's the way to do it. Because uh, I, I think back to my days, you know, when, when I was a kid playing like Risk. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, that one dude that you had in, you know, wherever killed 35 of my guys. Great. Because you just kept rolling sixes, right? Uh, statistically very improbable, but not impossible, right? <laughs> uh, so that's, yeah, that's Risk great. is so bad for that. Oh, I, and I it's can't. just an yeah. awful system. I I I I don't like die randomness. Uh, but and this is the way you do it. Yeah, yeah. And the other one that I don't like is the attacks versus d- defense. So uh like uh like Heroescape, right? So you're rolling, you want to, you're trying to roll swords and then the defender's trying to roll shields. And then you have to get like a certain number of swords more than they roll shields. And it just makes for, it prolongs the game, makes things very swingy. Whereas this, you're both doing damage to each other simultaneously but the attacker has the advantage because they're taking the higher number if there is one. And so you, yeah, okay, it could be a little swingy, right? You get a three and they get a zero. But more often than not, you're dealing some damage back and forth and it makes makes everything go so much faster and there's an inherent risk involved in in, in attacking. And you know, if you're defending, you've got a chance to like screw up their plan. If you know, yeah. they're coming in with just enough warriors, and then you deal three damage. You know, you both roll threes, and you can wipe each other out. Like I don't know. I think it's elegant. 
I, I I agree with that 100. percent And and I'd like I'd like the fact that in this game they give the attacker basically the benefit, right? By by saying, yeah, you get the higher of the two, no matter who, who rolls it. And we would just say, I'm attacking. And then you know we would roll both dice. Yeah. Uh, you know whoever was the attacker would roll both dice, and that just solves who who gets attacked and and whatever, right? Or wh- who the attacker is, who's the defender. But I'd like that because. When you're when you're attacking with these armies, whether it's risk, whether it's HeroScape, whether it's you know whatever game, this game here, as the attacker, like you're, I, I always felt like I'm doing all this work as the attacker, and then I'm suffering um, be, because of it. Now, risk, yes, you, as the attacker, you get three d- dice, and the defender only gets two, right? But the defender rolls double sixes and their sixes beat the attacker's sixes. So anytime the defender rolls a six, they're killing one of the attackers, right? So it's one of those things that, you know, I, I, I don't like that. But in this game, it almost, if you're going to put the effort, you got to move. I got to spend an action to move into your location. And then I got to spend an action to attack you, right? I should get something for that. If I'm just moving in and then yeah. you wipe out my army, but like that just throws like what what's the point then? Like the, the, the I shouldn't do this too much of a risk at that point, right? If we're relying on dot d- dice roll, right? And I know I, I well, I'm uh, saying die and dice. I looked it up the other day actually, and because uh, there was a Warhammer uh, 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 community article, and they referred to multiple dice as dies, uh, or like a die, right? And I was like, oh, this is a typo, and I googled it, and actually, die can be plural as well, which I found was very yeah was really, really interesting about our our language right uh but yeah it was something i googled uh the other day and now uh yeah because i i every single time i say die or dice i use it in the wrong you know context but i'm like now i'm okay because i actually is interchangeable right is it that um, in all their books they just say die is i think so everything yeah. is just die die yeah yeah, yeah. you hmm. roll a three die Right. And it's yeah. like, well, you, you should roll three dice, but no, no. Right. It's, yeah. But anyways, yeah. So yeah, that, that, that combat mechanic where you're giving the advantage to the attacker uh, is great. And then, and then yeah. you're right. Yeah. There, there's still the risk though. Cause you're rolling and you roll two threes and you both take heavy losses. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but how many times did I roll and roll three and zero? Right. So it's like, yes, I got in there. I punched you in the face and took no casualties. For somebody who doesn't like dice, you (laughs) are like, you're like Will Wheaton's opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You're so good at rolling dice. But, um, but then, but then, because every faction in this game has to do things differently, the Woodland Alliance always take the highest die even if they're defending so yeah just another layer i don't know i i really like it i think it's cool i i like it because it adds a layer to the game yeah. right it's not everybody that gets that they this is a special thing they, yeah. they do and you know why why not let's make let's make things different right and 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 they do a good job of doing that 
Right. And the the thing too with the Woodland Alliance is that they don't have many warriors. Right. Okay? Yeah. So the uh the Marquis de Cat get 25 warriors. Uh the Eerie get 20 and the Woodland Alliance only get 10 warriors. Yeah. For the whole, and then you have to spend those warriors to make officers, I believe. It's been a little while. Oh, yeah, I think yeah, you yeah. spend those uh, warriors to make officers and then you can't use them as warriors anymore. Yeah. So it, it's a neat little um, lift up that they yeah, get to take it's, the it's, higher it's die. It's so interesting. Yeah. The, the way they, they just make tweak things a little bit and then change. But it like thematically too, you can apply thematics to that, right? Because you mentioned at the start that, uh, you know, the Woodland Alliance really plays a guerrilla warfare type. Uh, they're, they're in the shadows. They're getting these sympathy in the different things. And then when they do attack, it's almost as if, you know, Typically, the the attacker would have the higher die, but these guys are they're ambushing you is yes, what they're, yeah. they're doing, right? Yes, I know the enemy base is here. Where is everyone? Then they come into the forest, and boom, that's why they take the higher die, right? So there's you could you could put like a thematic spin on it and really see, yeah, that makes sense, kind of thing too, which yeah. which is amazing, right? So yeah, combat combat I thought was really was really good, uh, and and it and it's it it becomes strategic at that level too because. If you have a block of units in an area, you're going to be taking multiple battle actions to clear that area out and taking multiple, you know, casualties for those rolls, right? If you're, if you're rolling double threes the whole time, like you're both depleting, you know? Yeah. So, so, you know, if you had a block like a five and, and there was a, there was one area where I attacked and you had a block of five, I brought in like a block of eight. But I knew this is going to be, you know, b- basically a war of attrition here. And hopefully my numbers are enough to kick out yours. Right. Uh, and, and and they happen to to work out in my favor that way because I was rolling the threes and zeros. Right. Uh, but, yeah, that adds a, another aspect of the comment that you can't kill. A, a huge uh, number of warriors on a turn. Like if I moved in let's say i started a turn and we both had uh the map like or we were both in the same area or whatever as the marquee de cat you get three actions now you can mitigate that and add a few actions but let's say you take your full three actions just doing a battle the most you can take out is nine warriors mm-hmm. which is big it's half of what the warrior what the eerie starts with at their 20 that you just mentioned no but still uh, let you like that's your max. Like twenty is your max you can that's have. Max, yeah. That's yeah. you. You rolling three, three, three on you know uh, no, on I, these dice, right? I mean the the twenty. That's the maximum number of warriors that they have in the game. Oh, in the game, yeah. Which oh At, man, yeah. I'd like yeah. that you brought that up because that that's another aspect of it, right? So you were recruiting a bunch uh, and bringing warriors on. Because and I then, had like it was the only place I could put the card, right? It was the only place, and then I had like separated your your um, your forces a bit, and then I was like, I don't need to attack both, so I just kind of left them alone. Yeah, and then you went to recruit, and I only have one warrior left. I can only recruit one. I need to recruit four. Boom! That's turmoil right there, and you can like, and it how 
just a, another aspect to to the game that uh and and the game specifically says every resource in the game whether it's a warrior or a resource on the board or whatever is limited by the number of tokens that you have so once you run out it's not that you're saying okay these pennies these dimes represent new these pieces of cloth whatever represent <laughs> new new things no that's you've hit your cap you're yep. not putting any more out right yeah. So yeah, very, very well, neat. For sure. And especially with the Marquita Cat, right? That forces you to like you had these sawmills out that were producing wood and you weren't building buildings at first because you were focusing on trampling me. <laughs> and then so at some point, I I believe you hit your cap, and you know, at that point, it it sort of forces you to use those resources or or lose them right yeah yeah absolutely yeah i was not, like well not, i better take an action to build stuff now or yeah. else i'm just losing out on earning resources right but i yes. hit the cap twice during the game where i went to put resources out on the board and i was like okay i can put two wood or three wood but i only have one in reserve here so i get one word this turn instead of the two or instead of the three but mind you at that point it was like I didn't care. I'm like, I, I just got to move around and, and grow stuff now. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating game. Fascinating uh, uh, attack play style in this. Yeah. Just, yeah. Very, very multifaceted. So the, the game comes with some very nice components. Um. It comes with a a large rule book called The Law of Root, and it has all of the rules laid out just just like a thick, <laughs> dense document, like yeah, written out almost like legalese. It's uh, The Law of Root is aptly named. Uh, then it also has a smaller, more what I would say typical rule book where, you know, it's got a lot of graphics and, you know, examples of, of the different rules that they're trying to teach. Uh, then it also has a, a little walkthrough for like your first playthrough, you know, step-by-step step to help you learn the game. So that's all pretty cool. I think I like that. They, took those extra steps uh to to do all three of those different booklets because they they i think they're all very useful in their own situations right yeah i've seen the like uh legalese is is funny you put it that way because that's exactly what it is because you go through the book and it's like uh section one subsection <laughs> uh you know 1.2 a <laughs> right and, you, and it goes down these and then it goes through all the subsections right uh and then and then yeah the other the, the other one is like your uh play guide get into the game get started what i've never seen before though is that is that walkthrough guide which is really neat yeah like it takes you through okay if, if you're playing a two-player game if you're playing a three-player game here's the first couple of turns that everyone should should sort of do and it and it teaches you put your sawmill here now, in your first turn, you want to take your cats and you want to move to this clearing and put a, you know, build this here or something. Right. And it does like a neat walk. To that. I thought, I've never seen that before. And I thought it was kind of neat. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, Doesn't Oath have that, too? 
Well, yeah. See, here's the thing. Yeah. Oath has it as well. It's the same guys, right? Right. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, it, it it's neat. I, I haven't seen it outside of that company that that does it. Uh, where whereas I've seen like the the legalese rule books and the play guide before. Gloomhaven has that and uh, Jaws of the Lion. Right. You have your uh, rules that are broken out. That is just like a, a block of text uh, and and subsections and all this. And then you got the play through tutorial that walks you through a game uh and and adds uh slightly different uh they they do it an uh, interesting way too which we'll get into if we play that as well which i'm sure we will um but yeah yeah it's it's a the rule book was fantastic i looked at the root one and yeah it's it's great and and yeah. and like I, we talked about uh, the dungeon pets and the um dungeon lords rule books and how they have all the fluff I, I don't know if that play guide has it in it. I, I'm sure it probably has some fluff with the pictures and stuff, uh, which is fine. But the the I I I really appreciate the breakout of the rule. Fallout does it as well, where they have the uh here's all the rules, here's the subsection, here's the rule reference book, the law of root, the rule reference book, whatever. When you come to something, okay, I really need a detailed explanation of how combat works in this situation. You can find it in that book, right? Yeah, and 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 they set it up, and I'm sure they probably say it in there. Don't read this book; only refer to me when you have questions or something, right? Um, but I find those ones. I I read them because I'm like, oh, I find it so interesting. And then I know every aspect of a game because I've read through, you know, that uh, that. And I and I almost enjoy those better than rule books that have all the fluff. And I just read four paragraphs. And there was one sentence of a rule in there, right? So yeah, 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 yeah. Great, it was entertaining, but also I'm trying to learn a game here. Right? <laughs> if I want to read a book, I'll read a book, and if yeah. I want to learn a game, give me the rules, right? So, so nice rule books. Um, the player mats are great, uh, and I mean they kind of have to be because every faction is completely different. So, <laughs> uh, but the so each player board, as you can imagine, is very different. And it all has uh so on the back, um they'll say playing as the marquee, playing as the eerie, right? Uh and uh just like two paragraphs on just generalized how they play. Uh yeah. not not really fluffy, but more um yeah, like an overview of that faction right and then it's got the setup and it also has a, a list of components for each faction which i think is really cool and then on the other side you've got yeah based all your actions and then in all your player, player powers and yeah. Yeah, yeah like the typical uh but they're you know they're they're a good thickness uh the printing's great nice yeah, texture on them yeah they lie flat <laughs> uh you've got for your warriors their wooden tokens and i gotta say every token is got like just just a hint of printing on them right just to give the character a little face sure but oh man the 
expression, like the emotion that they get out of just the simplest little, it's almost like a little sketch on there. <laughs> but, but they convey such personality. I, it, I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, no, I, I I love the player boards. I thought they were great, and and I love the 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 idea. Like, um, Dice Throne does this too, where the back of the player board gives you like a little synopsis on your character how to play it. Yeah, um, and this one does the same thing, and I and I love that because first thing I did was flip flip over Marquita Cat, and I and I read that. Okay, give me give me an idea. How how do I play these cats? Right? Okay, they're industrial industrialized warmongering cats. Great, perfect. This is what I'm going to focus on. Right, and and. Yeah, it gives you an or, or else you start the game and you're like you, you, the first couple of turns you're learning what to do. Uh, at least I had somewhat of a strategy just going in based on just reading the back of that that yeah. uh, that player board. Yeah, great. Uh, and then as far as like artwork and stuff too, it's all you're right. It's all it's all beautiful and that extends to the board, extends to the the box art. I mentioned this when we put it away that I love the the box when and i don't know the term for this but the it's the box is when you touch it it's got like almost that like um not felty but like boxy nice boxy <laughs> i don't know a feel to it where it's like a high quality box i'm like yeah it's a solid box it's a high quality box this is if I'm buying a game, I, like you could throw that box and you maybe ding a corner, but you're not going to harm the game at all, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I'd like those box. And then as far as all the other components go, the cards are great. I looked at the cards. They're, they, uh, I like, you know, did the little like wa- wavering of it to see thickness. And I'm like, yeah, it's a perfect thickness. The, the All the warriors are little wooden meeples. Mm-hmm. that have like a painted face on them like the painted cats and the painted birds so i'm like yeah these are these are great yep. like i i have zero complaints uh for components in this game like like the none when usually i can pick something out and be like oh, okay this is a little flimsier or that is um and i think the only uh thing and 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 you pointed this out was uh just in the uh the almost the packaging of it like when you fit it into the box and you fold the board down it allows you to stick a finger in to pull the the board out which is great uh but then you put the player boards on top and that finger is no longer there so so you almost kind of like turn it upside down to get the player boards out and then you can stick a finger in to grab the board (laughs) right but i mean like who cares that that's not even a complaint that's yeah, <laughs> I mean, just a... what you end up with is, and I think you pointed this out, a nice compact yeah. box where no space is wasted. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can't fit the finger in there, but you, we like to um, store our games on their side, on our on our shelves, right? Nothing's moving in that game ever. Nothing would ever fall out. You're not going to open yep. it up and be like, wow, I got to put together all these decks together, whatever. No, no, no. It's all it stays compact that's how well thought out the uh the almost uh, uh packing style of this logistics of putting that box together was done right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah shout out by the way to the ikea calyx shelves i think they're, <laughs> I think they're the official shelves of board gamers everywhere everywhere yeah <laughs> 100% <laughs> yeah so I I think that 
pretty much wraps us up. Uh, any final thoughts on, on, on Root? It's, I, I think it's fun. Uh, but again, I would not play it at two players. Uh, now, actually, I should say, there are a bunch of expansions for this game. And every expansion basically is just different factions that you can play. Uh, and another neat thing is that in the rule book, it actually has like the rule book for the base game has the rules for all of the different factions. Yeah, that is neat. Uh, I have not played any of the expansion factions, um, but I have a feeling that maybe you could mix and match the factions in a two player game and maybe it wouldn't be so imbalanced. But I hear like I, I think I was reading last night um, when I got home uh, was basically like the mole or the mole mole. Yeah, the moles and the cats do well against each other for two players or the okay. eerie in the middle. I don't, I don't know. One of the two where you can't, you know, do the Russian um, tactic that I used with the cats. Right. But yeah, I don't know. As a, as, yeah, as a final thought, like this is a great game and, and it like the production is fantastic. Uh, it's, it's a very unique style game and everything feels different about it. So yeah. Yeah. I, I thumbs up for sure. Yeah. I, um, I'm excited to, I don't know. I'd love to get this game out with, you know, maybe Kevin again. Uh, Me too. Or or maybe, yeah, anyway, just I'd love to get it out with some more players. But for now, I think it'll sit on the Calyx shelves and <laughs> collect some dust for a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I do like leader games. Uh, like I said, uh, I have Oath. We'll get that out soon. Um, I've been looking up for it. That looks kind of cool. And uh, yeah, overall, thumbs up. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Check out our social media feeds for images of the games we played this week, hobby progress, and more. If you haven't yet, please give us a rating and review to help appease the almighty algorithm. If you'd like to support our show, you can buy us a coffee. Links on our website and in the episode description. Or just tell your friends about us and spread the good word. Tune in next week for more unscripted banter and deep dives into our favorite board games. Until then, gentle listeners, good gaming and good night. Good night, folks.